Welcome to Vision is More Than 2020, a podcast aimed at talking about your vision, your eyes, and how they play a role in overall visual and systemic function. Dr. Zolnicki and Lakowski, with the help of various guests, will work to help you understand more about your visual system and all the pieces to the vision puzzle. Hi, guys. Welcome to this week's episode of Vision is More Than 2020. I hope everyone is having a wonderful day. Before we get started with the podcast, let's talk about our weekly insight. So this weekly insight is a little bit different. Uh, My daughter Daisy is three and she is a lefty just like both of her grandparents, Uh, but my husband and I are both righties. So we kind of have let her just figure out how to be a lefty, but I've noticed uh, more recently as she's gotten better with like writing her letters and coloring that her pen grip is a little bit incorrect. She doesn't grasp it with a fist, but she holds it with like all of her fingers instead of just the the pincer grip that we're looking for. So I reached out to an OT friend and said like, she's three and a half. Is this too early? Am I being a crazy mom? And she said, no, because typically old habits die hard. So you want to deal with it sooner rather than later. She said, you don't want to bring too much attention to it because Daisy might get um, upset and kind of like not want to draw anymore. So she gave me some really great tips that I want to share with you for early things that you can use with your kids to encourage that really good pincer grasp that we're looking for. So they recommend getting them grips even for their little hands to put onto the writing apparatus. The thicker the writing tool, the better. So you want to get her thick pencils. And what I thought was really cool is apparently they have these crayons that are shaped like eggs. And it actually forces the kids to hold the crayon in that tripod grasp that we're looking for. So needless to say, I purchased all of those things um, to work on her pencil grip, uh, just to really encourage the right way to write. Um, You know, John Anthony, 18 months has, he's righty and he has an incredible pencil grip. He already has that. So that's actually what kind of triggered like, oh, Daisy writes a little differently than John. Uh, So I just want to share that with you guys. Again, it really is getting the the thicker the pencil or the crayon, the better for the kid and getting these egg-shaped crayons really helps with that tripod grip. Wonderful. I love all those tips. And I'm going to keep that in mind as Teddy continues developing and figuring out his grip. Um, Similar to Don Anthony, he has a pretty good grip most of the time, but he switches it up. Um, And I have to say what we've highlighted in the past with baby led weaning and having them really eat with their hands and fingers, I think has really played a big part in helping develop a a really good grip. Um, You know, he's amazing with a spoon and a fork already. I know my mother-in-law is really amazed at how well he can eat with a spoon compared to like my nieces around the same age. And I really attribute a lot of that motor development to baby led weaning. On today's episode, we are going to be highlighting virtual vision therapy, and to do so, we're going to be joined by our guest, Dr. Poonam Nathu. She received her Doctor of Optometry degree at Western University of Health Sciences in 2014. She then completed her residency training in pediatrics and vision therapy in Plano, Texas. Her passion and role as an optometrist has influenced her to create a platform for helping adults and children overcome life-altering visual dysfunctions in order for them to achieve their goals. Dr. Nathu is a practicing optometrist in Sacramento, California, and also performs vision therapy with individuals in a personalized manner. In today's technology, dependent work and school environments, screen time on numerous devices may seem unavoidable. Dr. Nathu is driven to use her specialized knowledge and experience in a unique and convenient manner to reach more individuals in need of help. 
Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Nathu. We are so excited to have you join us this morning. And to kick off, I just want you to share a little bit about yourself and your journey to optometry. What made you become an optometrist? Thank you first for having me. Um, so I was diagnosed with something called Duane syndrome when I was um, two years old, actually. But um, there was not a lot of information about there uh, out there for how that really affects a child's development and their um, their processing. So. Essentially, for those um, that don't know what Duane syndrome is, it's a like miswiring of one of our cranial nerves that kind of innervates our muscles, eye muscles. And so my personally, I have limitation on my eye movements. And so when I was five years old, I, my parents were told that I needed to have like eye surgery. And so they did surgery actually, but they did it on my right eye. They did not actually do it on my eye that I had the limitation on. So it created a lot of scar tissue and stuff. And so I already, like I was struggling in school. Um, I had multiple tutors to help me because my comprehension was terrible. And just like my overall performance and attitude towards school was really bad. So um, when I was eight, one of my tutors had mentioned to my parents that hey, like something is going on with her eyes and how she's reading. Um, and sometimes she's like skipping around and this and that. So she recommended me see a developmental optometrist who, when we went to go get evaluated, gave my parents like all the puzzles to the, or pieces to the puzzle. Um, they told my parents that my eye teaming was off, that my tracking was off. Um, I actually had something called convergence insufficiency which means that I was not able to bring my eyes in together when I was reading a, a book. Um, so it gave my parents a lot of clarity and understanding what was going on. So I ended up doing something called vision therapy um, and we did it for nine months and that's it. Like that's after the first couple months of doing therapy, like we already know, I personally noticed a huge difference. My parents noticed huge attitude difference and stamina difference in school and stuff like that. So um, we kind of went through the process and it was amazing. And from that time on, like at my, I remember my final evaluation, that's when we were like, I was like, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. I don't know what it's called, but this is what I want to do. Um, so so yeah, that's how I essentially got on the path of optometry. Um, I never really withered away from it. I, you know, my parents always encouraged me to look at other professions, but I sort of just stuck to optometry. Um, I was not, you know, even though I went through vision therapy and everything, I wasn't like a straight A student. I didn't, I wasn't this golden student um, academically, but I definitely had a passion for working with kids and helping them overcome stuff. So I just kept driving and pushing and I had some really amazing mentors along the way that helped guide me and write me some amazing recommendation letters. Um, but I got into optometry school and learned a lot of stuff about, not things that I actually didn't even know about my visual system, other things that I struggled with um, through just like working with my peers and stuff like that. And so yeah, that's how I sort of got into optometry. I think this story is so wonderful because 
it gives you a sense of purpose, right? And a relatability to your patients because at five, six, seven, eight, you can't communicate that things are uncomfortable and that you're double and you're, that you're jumping around and you just all comes out as is like, you just don't want to do your work. And your parents were probably super frustrated with you. And they were just making you sit with all these tutors and your perspective was like, all right, enough. Like I I just can't do it. Right. Uh, But, but it gives you as a doctor that empathy for those patients to say, Hey, like I went through this, I understand. And I think it really helps you look at patients differently when you have that, that your own experience to relate to them on. Um, and you can talk with the parents and say like, this was life-changing. Can you imagine if that one tutor didn't say anything to your parents? Like, where would you be? Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, I absolutely agree with you. I think my drive every day when I go to work or I see these patients is to be very mindful about number one, being present and listening, really listening to their body because children can't express what they're going through, but also um, parents at no fault of their own, no fault of their own whatsoever, but parents don't know sometimes what questions to ask or certain look for. So when we ask, I mean, you guys go through this as well. When we ask these specific questions, at first, there's always a response of no, like, you know, they just need some glasses or something like that. But when we dig into things a little bit deeper, more so and more like, you know, specific on their functionality in the classroom. I mean, that's one of the things I feel like every day I go through, I tell my story over and over again. And I say, you know, I understand what Johnny's going through. I, I know what he's feeling. Sometimes it affects their attitude towards learning, their self-esteem, their confidence, because it all affected mine. Um, I hated popcorn reading because I was so bad at it, you know? Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I try to be super mindful about every family working with every family and making sure I listen to the student or the patient, because there's a lot of things that their body and their responses can tell us. And I think that's a huge piece is really listening to your patients. And it sounds so simple, right? But I think a lot of people have experiences at doctor's offices, not just optometrists, but in general, where it's a quick in and out. Do you have any problems? No. Okay, move on. Everything looks normal. Um, But I think us as developmental optometrists, we really are delving under that surface to see not just if you need glasses and if you can see 2020, but what's happening under the surface? How are you functioning throughout your day? And that's extremely important with kids who can't always communicate what's going on they don't know that they should be seeing any differently or that there is a different way to see it all and we're so excited to have you on because we really love your online platform that you've built up which I think is a little bit of a unique way to provide vision therapy now but an essential way right Um, throughout the COVID-19 pandemic I think everyone had to really pivot and learn how to do their job in a different manner and as optometrists that meant trying to figure out how to best provide virtual care which you have done a wonderful job with so tell us a little bit about how you built that up and what your online program looks like. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so it all started with a problem. Um, you know, COVID hit, everything kind of shut down. And I started at first, I was like, gosh, what am I going to do with all my kids that I'm working with? Like, how's that going to work out? 
and then I sort of, um, I got off maternity leave and got me to move. So I moved offices, but when I started working up here in Sacramento, um, I started encountering, I'm not even exaggerating here. I want to say 70 to 80% of my patients were having visual function problems at some level. And, and that's not just children as well. That is um, adults with fatigue from sitting on the computer all day and looking at their screens all day that they're not used to. So it, it started as like, holy moly, there is truly something going on that we, I need to, I felt like I needed to shift and I, and I had to find an answer to help these people and bring accessibility to some sort of care for them. That's where it started. Um, and then after a lot of like brainstorming and stuff, I created something called the vision enhancement program, which, and I have to preface this by saying, this is not a replacement for in-office vision therapy because I hold so, so um, there's so much value to being one-on-one -on -one with a therapist or a doctor that knows how to personalize the program and how to shift the program to what you need. But I started noticing that, that the patients had a lot of barriers. What do those barriers look like? For adults, it was just time. They were on the computer all the time. They didn't have, they were probably working more now than they were when they were in the office. A lot of patients told me that, like, I feel like I'm on the computer more now and have less free time than I did when I had an eight to five job. And then for students, it was more of parents are home at work all the time. They did not have the flexibility to bring their student or their child into see therapy and, or there was a financial struggle. And that financial portion was so high on that list that it really dampered how I was able to treat my patients, even if it was for the best of what they needed and, and what they deserved. So I was like, okay, well, if we can't do in-office therapy, what can I do to help you? So I created the Vision Enhancement Program. It is a five-module course. And the way I thought was best to structure it was how I, we theoretically structure vision therapy in the office. So we start out by doing these activities one eye at a time until both eyes are evenly functioning, they're equal. Then the second module is biocular, which is like um, we're working each eye individually or together, but also independently. They're not relying on each other to do the, the task. Biocular means that both eyes are open, but they're not technically working together. They have to work independently. And then the last module is binocularity. So in each module, I have created, you know, there's certain activities for tracking, there's certain activities for accommodation, and then the end in the last module is when we bring it all together for convergence and flexibility and stuff like that. So the theory behind the vision enhancement program was to help at a, it's all video based. So it's me teaching on a video, the student, if they're older or a parent or an adult, how to do these activities. So they technically become the therapist themselves. So they're very detailed videos on how to do that. And then they go through the module and then I kind of check in with them every once in a while via Zoom or um, email, however they prefer. And if they have any questions, they have access to me. But that was a way I was able to bring accessibility 
at a affordable level where parents were able to kind of invest in that, but also take responsibility for um, the therapy. I think that is such a wonderful program because you hit on so many important points. You had so many little gems in when you were presenting that, right? One, this isn't a replacement for in-office vision therapy. There is some limitations to your program, but it at least gets the ball rolling to get these, the accessibility to patients that can't get, maybe get to the office or like you said, the financial constraints of vision therapy. Um, And I always say like, everybody could just like regular therapy that people could use. Like everyone could use a little (laughs) right? Everyone should talk to somebody. Everybody should do a little vision therapy. (laughs) It really does pay off because we are utilizing our eyes at such a high demand that Mm -hmm. than we've ever had have before. And that's, and this is your program is really designed to help build up their stamina, their endurance Mm -hmm. and their ability to maintain near work for long periods of time. Now, I just have a question. How does like the evaluation work? So like someone goes to your website, the visionary OD, and they say, Hey, I'm really interested in this program. What is like the process like to get started with you? Do they have to have a recent eye exam? Like, how does that work? Yeah, that's a good question. So thus far, um, I only have like, I actually only have a few, a handful of patients that are not in my local network. So majority of the patients that are in this program, um, actually I have seen in my office, I have actually okay. presented in office therapy and there has been communication about how um, financially they can't afford it at this time. Is there any other option? And then I present them the vision enhancement program and we go down that path. So in that, in those situations, they do have a baseline exam with me. I have a handful uh, or less than a handful of patients that actually have reached out to me via um, social media and my, my social outlets. And in those situations, it's a little tricky to be very honest. Um, Number one, for a few of them, I've realized accessibility to even someone that knows what vision therapy is in their town has been tough. So a few of them have said that, yes, they've had an eye exam, but they don't, that's it. They just receive glasses or contacts. There was nothing, no communication after that. So we get on a Zoom call and I actually go through my, um, my symptom survey And in my symptom survey, there are about 20 to 30 questions, depending on the patient and their situation um, that I go through. And by, they're so detailed questions that by the end of that symptom survey, I have a little bit of an idea based on just experience and what they, how their responses are of what their general category of struggle. So it's not perfect if I, had unlimited resources, I could possibly, there may be ways to do a um, evaluation, a, a subjective evaluation, but it is actually very difficult. So right now that's what we're doing. We're for anybody that I do not see personally or has not seen a developmental optometrist or gotten a very extensive functional evaluation, then yes, it's all based on um, a symptom survey. And those that guideline helps direct me during the program and kind of give them a little bit more information like, okay, this is, you need to spend a little bit more time in this section or 
um, let's check back in four weeks because I think this is gonna be a little bit more difficult for you. Again, it's not perfect and it's not the absolute best care, like best way of doing it. But for those that we need to help in some way and this is their only option, it's a great place to start. This episode is brought to you by Luminous. For over 50 years, Luminous has developed innovative gold standard devices for eye care, like the first SLT laser, the first argon laser photocoagulator, and the revolutionary dual path SLT and YAG laser. Luminous, the inventor of intense pulse light, or IPL, is proud to announce the first and only IPL system to receive FDA approval for management of dry eye disease and to launch OptiLite, a bright solution for dry eyes. OptiLite uses Luminous's patented optimal pulse technology to allow consistent, precise, and controlled treatment. If your patients suffer from dry, gritty, tired eyes, and dry eye disease due to meibomian gland dysfunction that is impacting their quality of life and their vision, OptiLite puts the power for treating dry eye disease in the palm of your hand. OptiLite breaks the dry vicious cycle of inflammation and delivers improvement in tear breakup time and other clinical signs of dry eye disease. To learn how you can elevate dry eye management with OptiLite, visit Luminous.com slash OptiLite. Right, I think that's a fantastic way to still be able to connect with not only your patients locally that are maybe concerned about coming in an office or like you said, have that financial concern, but also beyond your local community and be able to mm-hmm. reach people that are seeking out help and provide care in really the best manner that you can through this virtual platform. And I'm a little curious about uh, the modules and the timeline. Um, I know for us, when we're doing in-office vision therapy, we typically recommend two sessions per week in office. Um, what do what do the module timelines look like? How long does it take someone to really run through that whole program and complete them? And are you recommending exercises be done every day through the modules or once to twice a week? What does that look like? Yeah, so homework is... Um or therapy, just like anything, you know, the more we practice, the better we get. So yes, it is kind of um, stated that about 30 minutes a day of therapy by yourself, whether that's actually watching the videos or actually just doing the activity, but 30 minutes allotted every single day, at least six times a week, six times a week, yes, um, is recommended. In terms of modules, the way I've done it, because, and that's where you know, it's hard. It's hard to clump everybody into one group. So I did, I did two, I did two things. Each module is rolled out a month, 30 days after the first one. So you must go through module one. Well, module one's the introduction. So you technically need to go through module two for, and continue to do those activities for 30 days until module three is released. So that gives people ample time that are very consistent with their homework to make the gains that they need to before they get the next section. I I did the rollout a little differently because I felt like if I give everything to them at one time, there's going to be a huge portion of people that rush through the therapy thinking like, oh yeah, if I do it um, this fast, I'll, I'll get better faster. And I've explained to many patients, even in the office, like, you know, in office vision therapy doesn't take two, three months. Like it's, it takes longer, depending on on the situation, but the longer we do it, the more, um, more stable and more in depth we're going to get. 
The second way I've kind of helped, um, kind of tried to help guide patients are, I created a flow chart. So this flow chart is given to you at the beginning of the program, and it also breaks down each module. And in that, it talks about goals. So if you reach this goal, if you're able to read the, do the heart chart activity, and you're able to do it with 60 beats per minute without skipping. And so then there's like targeted goals. Like if you're able to do this, 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 then yes, you're, you graduate, quote unquote, graduate to go to the next module. If you're not able to do it, if you're not, if you feel like, okay, you know, this eye is a lot faster than this eye, or this eye is, um, I feel like this eye is still a little weaker and da, da, da. If that still happens then you stick to that module. So I've created a flow chart that sort of helps define exactly what, what allows you to go forward and what allows you to, what you need to, to stay. So that's how I've kind of set that up. I think you've really thought of everything when it comes to this virtual platform, because it is difficult, right? There are limitations right. when you're not having the doctor kind of like really kind of handhold you through, but you've really figured out a way to kind of address those, those little pieces and nuances. And the fact that they have access to you to ask questions and to meet with you and say like, Hey, uh, I'm able to do X, Y, and Z. You think I'm ready for number two? And you can really explain that to them and say, yeah, I, let, let's try it and see. Uh, so I, I think your platform is amazing. Uh, how about you tell everybody where they can find you, one in person and virtually, uh, so our listeners can explore your platform? Yes. Um, so um, in person, I practice in Sacramento. I'm actually, um, as we speak, I am starting my own practice. Um, yes, yeah. <laughs> um, so we're still in like lease negotiations. So we're way, way in the beginning, but I'm currently starting my practice in Sacramento. And virtually is probably where I do my most education and you can always contact me virtually, but um, the visionaryod.com is my website where it has the different types of therapies and stuff like that and some more information. But Instagram, um, my Instagram handle is drpunamnathu. Um, that's where I do a lot of my education and awareness and outreach, just because I think education is a huge portion to understanding um, what's going on. So those are probably the best places to reach me. Wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. And thank you so much for coming on this morning and everything that you're contributing to the optometric community. And we will talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Join our private Facebook group, Vision is More Than 2020, and follow us on Instagram. For additional content, check out our practice, Twin Forks Optometry, on both Facebook and Instagram. Subscribe, download, and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Tune in next week to learn more about your vision.